Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Nick Allen and I serve as the Nashville campus pastor here at Rolling Hills. Today we are launching our new series, Engage, 40 Days to Engage Your Spiritual Life. In this series, we're focusing on the foundations of the church and why it's so essential as believers to continue to take spiritual next steps each and every day. Today, you'll be hearing from Pastor Jeff as we dive into 1 Corinthians 12. Now, here's Jeff. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome to everybody here at our Franklin campus. Welcome to everybody online, and welcome also to all of our campuses who are joining in today. Welcome to our Knowlesville campus. Love you guys and all God's doing there. And our, man, our Nashville campus is just so exciting what's happening. And then our Columbia campus is going to be launching in two weeks. So great things happening, man. It's just exciting to be a part of what God's doing. And we are part of something way bigger than ourselves, right? What God is doing here in and through his church. And I'm excited about today. I'm excited about today as we begin this brand new series where we're talking about engage, engage. You know, we live in a culture that likes to sit back and watch, right? Have you thought about that? We live in this culture, and so it just kind of permeates everything, right? We, we go to sporting events, we sit back and we watch, right? Or concerts or different things that happen. Uh, you look at people who spend hours and hours just scrolling through Instagram, right? And looking and watching what other people are doing. They're like, wow, that looks cool. They're doing that. They're out doing that, you know? And it's just constant. It just falls into our mindset. Hey, let's just sit back and let's just watch, right? I saw somebody who had a shirt on the other day. It says, I can't adult today, right? You know, and I'm like, hey, we've all been there. We've all had those days, right? But, but it just kind of falls into that. Or you go to a restaurant and then everybody's sitting around the table and everybody's on their phone, you know, and you're like, well, here we all are, right? And there's times that you go, I just want to talk to my wife. So here, take a phone, right? You know, because we want to have a conversation. But there's other times we just sit back and we watch, in the gaming industry, I don't know if you've noticed this, it's over a $100 billion industry now, right? It's taken over sports and movies in North America. It's more than all of those combined. And it just kind of falls into that cultural norm of sit back and watch. And what can happen is that can become our spiritual life as well, right? We're just like, I'm just gonna sit back and watch. You guys do that thing, but God calls us to engage. God calls us to serve. God calls us to grow. God calls us to love. That's where we engage and where we grow. And so we're entering this brand new series, and I'm so excited about it. And we're going to challenge one another over the next 40 days to grow spiritually, to engage in these different aspects of spiritual growth and watch what God will do in your life. You know, we can all take a next step, right? We can all take a next step in our faith journey. And what happens a lot of times is we fall into this when and then thinking, right? Well, when I know more about the Bible, then I'll get excited about the Lord, right? Or, or when life slows down, right? Then I'll engage in my spiritual life. Does life ever really slow down, right? You know, when this happens, right? When the kids go off to school, well, that's happening. Okay, so when, you know, like they go off to college or, you know, when I get married or when I get remarried or, or when this happens. But what if we just jumped in and said, okay, now, now's the time. Now's the time for me to go deeper and stronger. Now's the time for me to become the man or woman God created me to be. You know when the best time is to plant a tree? 20 years ago. <laughs> you know when the second best time? Today. Today. And we know this, that Jesus makes us better. Jesus makes our hearts better, our lives better, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right? Jesus makes our marriage better, our future marriage better. Jesus makes us better as parents, as grandparents. Jesus makes our whole life better. So let's engage. Hey, if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of Acts. 
the book of Acts. I just want to kind of set this series up today, and then we're going to look at one aspect of this spiritual growth and what we're going to challenge one another to in these next 40 days. But I want you to see in Acts, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. So Acts, New Testament, right? You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, all talking about Jesus, right? His death, his burial, his resurrection for us, praise God. And then Jesus ascends into heaven. And you got these 12 disciples, right? You got 120 believers there and that have been following Jesus. And Jesus ascends, and about 10 days later, there's Pentecost. And in Acts chapter two, Peter stands up and he preaches at Pentecost. People have come from all over the world and people respond. That day at Pentecost, 3,000 believers are added to the church. And so now you got 3,120 believers. The early church was not a small church. I mean, it was a big church. But look what it says in verse 42. Here's the blueprint for church. Here's what we're called to do and who we're called to be. It says they, notice the community, right? They devoted themselves. And I love that word devoted. It wasn't like they were just gonna sit back and go, okay, somebody else. They were engaged. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. That word's koinonia. That's community, right? That's being a part of the body. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. I love that. Everybody was like, man, what's God gonna do today? I can't wait to go to church, right? I can't wait to see what's gonna happen. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, all the believers were together and had everything in common. So everybody was a part, right? It wasn't just a few, it was everybody was in. It wasn't just the apostles, the disciples. No, they were all a part and they had everything in common. I love that word common. They were joined together. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And that doesn't mean they lived in a commune, right? But what that means is that they go, hey, if I've got a possession and I see somebody in need, I can sell this and I can help somebody else. See, people are more important than possessions. People are more important, so how can I help? How can I serve? Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They had corporate worship, right? Like us, every day. They met together in the temple courts. They just did it every day, right? But they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So they had big worship times together, and then they were in homes. They had small groups. They had community groups. That's exactly what they did. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I mean, this church was alive. I mean, people were being baptized all the time. Lives were being changed. It was so exciting. I feel like that's what God's doing right here. I feel like we're a part of this right here. And as you break this passage down, what you see is there's really seven aspects of spiritual growth. Seven aspects of spiritual growth, man, that they were devoted to. The first we're gonna talk about today, and it's community. It's community, man. They were all in it, man. They were all in it, not sitting on the side. They were all in the community. Then we're gonna talk about discipleship and the ministry and the missions. We're gonna talk about evangelism and worship and prayer. And you see this, and over the next 40 days, we're gonna encourage each other. Hey, let's do this. Let's engage in our spiritual life. Let's be like the early church. Let's live that out. So let's talk about community today, this first aspect. How do we grow in this area? How do we have those kind of deep relationships that God's talking to us about, that the church is about. 
Well, if you keep going in the New Testament, right, the Apostle Paul, he goes around and starts planting churches. And what he does is he says, hey guys, I want you to have a strong community in these churches. And so he writes these letters back to them, you know? You got Romans that comes right after Acts. Romans is this deep theology, it's great. You know, chapters one through 11 and 12 through 16, it's like, here's how you live it out. Here's the practical, what it takes place in your family, in the community. And then you got this letter to First and Second Corinthians, the letter to the church in Corinth. And then you got the letter to the church in Galatia, Galatians, and then Ephesians, church in Ephesus, and Philippians, the church in Philippi. He says, guys, be unified, serve, engage. And so I just want you to see with me, if you turn over to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, because Paul will start talking about this koinonia, this community, this body of Christ. This is who the church is gonna be, and that's the aspect today. And he compares the body of Christ, right, as the church, and he compares it to a real body, and he says, look at this. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, he says, just as a body, your body, Though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. He says the church is the body of Christ. Have you ever thought about that? You know, the church, we're called to be the hands and feet of Christ. We're called to serve in our community. We're called to help, called to minister. He says, hey, just you got many parts though. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, now that's pretty powerful. For us, we kind of go, oh yeah, that's cool. They had different people, different backgrounds. They were all in church. But back then, the Jews hated the Gentiles. And the Jews thought they were the only ones, right? The Gentiles were outside looking in. And so in Judaism, that's what you kind of find. Slaves and free, they didn't get along, right? I mean, you were a slave. You didn't talk to somebody who was free. But in the church, <laughs> wow beautiful. Everybody together. You know, race, gender, socioeconomic status, and all that coming together. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. Paul's going, you know, there's some body parts you just kind of value more than others, you know? But every part's important. You know, we, we see that. You look at people's eyes, and you go, man, you got nice eyes, that's great, you know? Nobody ever looks at the ear, though. Everybody goes, you got nice ears. Man, those are great. <laughs> they fit perfectly on your head. That's awesome, they're not that hairy, right? You know, it's like, you know, nobody does that, right? Nobody does that. You put mascara on your eyes, you like, you know, radiate your eyes, but, but nobody does anything about the ears, but the ear's still important. Right, I mean the ear, you know, right? He says, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason to stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And maybe you've kind of felt like that. Maybe I'm kind of on the outside looking in, right? Everybody else is important. No, you're important. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Isn't that true? 
right? We don't give our big toe a lot of publicity, but man, it's pretty important, right? You know, our knees, our knees as we get older, they're really important, right? Every part matters. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while the presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put our body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. We know that in our body, right? If you hurt your hand, man, your mind goes there, everything's there, it's like, ah, that hurts, right? You hurt your knee, everything's like focused on that. Same in the body. When there's pain, when there's trouble, when there's hardships, man, we are there for one another. We love each other. That's what he's talking about. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you is a part of it. Wow, that's what we're gonna talk about. All right, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. So if you're at one of our campuses, you're here at Franklin, pull out a worship guide if you wanna take some notes today. If you're online, go to the Rolling Hills app, you can fill in some blanks. But guys, I want us to get this today and I want us to engage. So check this out. Number one is this. You were created for community. You were created for community. Right, I mean, you know, when God created Adam, right? After that, he says, man, it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah, you were created for community. We all know this. Sometimes you just want somebody to go to Target with you, right? I mean, you're just like... I could go by myself, but hey, come on, you wanna go with me? Let's go, right? Sometimes you just want somebody to watch a game with you. You can watch the game by yourself and it's fine, but it's great to have somebody else with you. A guy comes over, your buddy's there, you know, you don't even have to talk. It's no big deal, but man, he's there, right? I mean, we were created for community. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Jesus, we are the body of Christ. We are the body. Our God is a relational God. You know, we're reading through, you can see kind of a 40-day reading plan, and we're gonna kind of look at the Bible big picture in these 40 days. We're starting Genesis, but in Genesis, right, God says, let us make man in our own image. You're thinking, wait, us, who? Well, see, God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that's the Trinity, there's a relational God. Sometimes we get caught up in the Trinity, like, man, what is that? But it's one God, right? But what you find, you know, you think about water, and it becomes a gas or a liquid or solid. You could think about, like St. Patrick would talk about a three-leaf clover, Father, Son, and Spirit. You got Father, Sovereign God. You got the Jesus died on the cross for us, our Redeemer, our Savior, Holy Spirit in us to lead us. And God is, our God is a relational God. How did Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father, our corporate. Our God is a relational God. God established his church to accomplish his will and for our benefit. You know, we don't talk about me in the church. We talk about we in the church, right? We're a part of this. We're in the body to accomplish his will for the glory of God. You know, when we started as a church uh, 18 years ago, and we met in an apartment clubhouse, had 15 people you know, we did a Bible study on Thursday nights, and, and we had to come up with a name for the church. We didn't have a name, so we were like at a whiteboard. We're like, what kind of name would it be? We had some crazy, funny names, but, but we started looking around and thinking, Rolling Hills. I right, think about that psalm, you know, 
I look to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And we just said, what if we could be a place that we could point people to God, the redeemer, the savior, say, hey, look up. You look at your problems all the time, but look up to a God who loves you. But then we said, we want a community to be a part of the name. We want it to be real, authentic community. We want to be real in our lives, a genuine Rolling Hills community church, the body of Christ. And what I've loved is it truly is a community. We got people from, from every denomination here, you know? And we have people who grew up, man, they were Baptists or Methodists or Presbyterians or grew up Catholic or, you know, all these different things. He'd be free. And I mean, you can think about every body got brought. We've got people here from all over the country. We got people here who grew up in Texas and California and New York. We even have people who are from here. It's crazy, right? I mean, like, there's people who grew up here, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we got people from all over, but it's amazing. We got people in every age and stage of life, and I love that, you know, preschool, children, and students, and, and adults, and senior adults. My mom, man, she loves church. She's 90 years old, you know, and she's just loving it, and it's just great. We got people in all stages of life as well. I mean, people are married, people are divorced, people are single adults, people are, you know, are widowed, every stage of life. But that's the beauty of us coming together. And that's the beauty of God's church, right? It's a mosaic that radiates Christ, the body of Christ, to accomplish his will, further his kingdom for our benefit. Hey, look at this in Ecclesiastes. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the, the other. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Not true, right? Hey, listen. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We need our brothers and sisters in Christ. And boy, when you're locking arms with brothers and sisters in Christ, you're not quickly broken. You got the strength of the Lord, you got the body of Christ. It's beautiful, man. All right, look at this one. Become a member or a partner of God's church. You know, being a member of the body, that is so important, right? There's a lot of people out there who just wanna kind of date the church. You know, I gotta bounce around from place to place, right? But God doesn't wanna date you. God wants a commitment, right? He's like, come on, let's go, let's join. We call it partner here at Rolling Hills. Because sometimes in our culture, right, member, we can think about a country club, right? I'm a member, everybody comes and serves me, you know, what, what can you do for me? But partners, man, like, I'm getting involved. I, I can make a difference. I have life experiences, I have gifts, I have things that I can offer to further God's kingdom. That's what Paul was writing. He's writing to the church in Philippi, and he says, I thank my God every time I remember you, church. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership. You guys are in it. You're engaged in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God began a good work in you, church. God began a good work in you, Christ follower. And God's still at work, and he's going to carry on that work through the body of Christ. All right, look at this. You are essential to this body. I don't want you to miss that today. You are essential. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many, but of many. Each one of us has a part to play in God's church. And maybe you think, man, I, I'm not really needed here. Yeah, you are. 
You have a gift. You have a ministry. You know, I have different campuses so we can reach different parts of the city, different parts of Middle Tennessee for Christ. We, we have different opportunities, but everybody has a part to play in God's church. Being in a community is not always easy, right? I mean, you think about your body <laughs> and you start to work out and you're like, okay, I gotta start a workout plan because I gotta get exercise, I'm gonna get in shape. And when you start out, that first time's really hard, okay? Let's be honest, right? And you're like, okay, that was one lap. All right, you know, and I'm tired. But after a while, man, you continue to sacrifice, you continue to invest, and what happens? You get stronger, right? And things that hurt, they don't hurt as much, you know? But, but there's still this sacrifice, there's still this investment, you know, in the body, right? You get, you get up early, right? Or you come early to serve. You, you come to make a difference. But there's sacrifice. Hey, I'm gonna go to be in a community group or a men's group. And I mean, I'm gonna do these things. But man, I am going to grow. There is a benefit when I put something into it. It's not always easy, but pays off. Hey, in God's church, we have a common calling and purpose. And our calling is this. Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what unites us, church. That's what unites us I mean, all the different backgrounds and different race and gender, socioeconomic status, but we have this calling in Christ that Jesus Christ is Lord, but we have a common purpose, right? See, some people go, well, you know what? I love Jesus, but I'm just not sure about the church. That's like saying, I love you, but I don't love your body. We're like, well, kind of goes together. Sorry, I don't, know. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Like, here it is, right? I mean, that goes together. There's Jesus and his church. Some people are like, well, you know what? I, I mean, I, I don't know if I could be uh, part of a church. I'm gonna be a Christian, but I don't know if I'm gonna be a part of a church. I'm like, well, let's see. In the Bible, in the New Testament, people who were believers were all a part of a church. You jump in and you be a part. Uh, the Olympics, you know, today's closing ceremonies, it's been great, it's been fun, but I think most people, especially in the South, were like, that was great, now let's get on to football. Okay, you know, so like it's football time, right? You know, so high school, college, and Titans getting ready to kick off. But here's the thing about football. You can say I'm a football player, but you need to be on a team, right? I mean, I'm a football player. Who do you play for? Well, I'm not really on a team. Okay, you know, like, really? I mean, you gotta be on a team. But here's the thing. When you're on that team, man, you're a part of something. You're a part of something. But also on that football team, right, you have time when you huddle up, you know, before the play happens. But you don't just stay in the huddle, right? All right, let's go. No, we're, we're, we got the holy huddle. We got the holy, we're right here. We got our holy huddle. Come on, man. You know, let's go. You've got to engage, right? You step up and you serve and you make a difference. So that's where we grow and serve together. Here's what Larry Crabb says. When members of a spiritual community reach a place, a sacred place of vulnerability and authenticity, something is released. Something good begins to happen. An appetite for the holy things is stirred. For just a moment, the longing to know God becomes intense, stronger than all other passions, worth whatever the price must be paid for it. Spiritual togetherness, what I call connecting, creates movement. Togetherness in Christ encourages movement toward Christ. Woo, man, when we come together, we just get excited. We're like, okay, let's go. Let's huddle up, but man, let's go together. All right, check it out. You need community to grow spiritually. You need community to grow spiritually. I mean, there's some world religions where you can go sit on a mountain by yourself, right? But, but Christianity is through the body, through knowing Jesus, through the church, through growing in Christ. 
Hey, but in fact, God placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he, that's God, wanted them to be. Guys, it's not an accident you're here. <laughs> God called you right here today for a time such as this. Hey, God created you to grow spiritually. You know, the Bible says work out your salvation. It doesn't say work for your salvation. We don't work for our salvation. It's God who saves us. It's the Lord who transforms us. Jesus died on the cross for us. But he says work out your salvation. You know, grow, mature in the Lord. Here's what Henry Nouwen says. Your own growth cannot take place without growth in others. You are a part of a body. When you change, the whole body changes. It is very important for you to remain deeply connected with the larger community to which you belong. You know, sometimes, man, when we face problems or struggles or difficulties, it's easy for us to pull back. It's easy to go, you know what, I'm just gonna grin and bear it through this time, and especially men, let's be honest. But guys, that's the time you press in. And you go, hey, will you pray with me? Will you pray for me? Hey, I just wanna tell you what's going on in my heart and my life. And when you do that, man, the whole body grows. Everybody comes around you. Man, it is beautiful to watch God move in a community of believers who are growing together. Hey, Jesus called 12 disciples. Have you ever thought, why didn't he just do one-on-one? You know what I mean? Why didn't he just take Peter and go, hey, Peter, I'm gonna disciple you, you know, for a year. And then John, I'll take you for a year. And Matthew, I'll take you for a year. But he took 12, these 12 fishermen. <laughs> you know what he did? <laughs> he had a community group. Jesus had a community group. Jesus had a small group. That's exactly what he did. Because you learn from one another, right? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You learn from each other. It's important to be in a community group. You saw that in the early church. Hey, corporate worship time, and then get in a small group. Get in a community group. Get in a men's group. Get in a women's group. Get somewhere where you can talk, where you can share. You know, we're not just in rows, we're in circles. <laughs> we're sharing life together. Uh, Lisa and I are in a community group. We love it. I mean, some of our best friends, some amazing people have been in our community group, and we just love it. We raise kids together. We share life together. I'm in a men's group. I love it, man. Just these guys, and we're honest, and we're real, and we've walked through some challenging times. We've probably had eight or nine miscarriages between the, all the families in that men's group. Man, we've cried with one another. We've prayed with one another. We've laughed with one another. We've encouraged one another. We've celebrated baptisms with each other. But that's where life is lived out, where you grow. Some people go, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, you go to somebody's house, I don't know them, you know, or maybe I, I tried a community group one time or I tried a men's group or a women's group and I don't know, it wasn't that great. Well, what if you go to a restaurant and you try it and you go, ah, it's not that great. I'm not ever going back, you know. I'm just not gonna eat again. That's it, I'm just done, you know. No, try another one. Go to a place, check it out. You, you will find, you know what's crazy? Some of your best friends may be sitting right here. You don't even know them yet. <laughs> Some of the people that you're gonna share a life with, you don't even know, you, they're right around you. And then when you step out and you engage, all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is awesome. That's community. That's what God's calling us to. See, adults and children need healthy community to grow spiritually. You know, you become like the company you keep. We know that. So you surround yourself with godly people, you're gonna grow godly, right? Hey, same thing is true with our kids. Our kids need to be around godly people. Man, I've, I've had so many conversations with, with young adults who, who've said, man, well, I had these friends. 
And I've had these friends, and that can go one of two ways, right? I had these friends that pointed me to the Lord, or I had these friends that, man, they led me down a path. And I made some really bad decisions, yeah. And if you're a parent, man, putting your kids in a place, right, where they're involved, preschool, children, students, middle school, high school, especially getting around other godly kids growing in the Lord. I want you to hear from Mia Campbell. And Mia kind of grew up here at Rolling Hills, but I want you to hear her story today. So watch this. A super neat part of my story is I'm adopted, which means I really do understand the part of just the Lord taking us in and being a daughter of the King. Our family is very unique in that we have a lot of people in our family and we have, like my brothers and sisters are quite a bit older. And so we don't fit in in the mold that you usually see, but it definitely is a great example of how the Lord invites us to his table. My name is Mia Campbell, and I've been attending Rolling Hills since I was a preschooler. I made the decision in third grade, and just the next step was always just deciding to follow the Lord and be baptized. But I didn't really understand what being a Christian was and what being truly secure in the Lord meant until high school. There's a lot of isolation in high school. And I struggled a lot with anxiety, which is kind of surprising with my um, personality. I had a lot of friendships where they ended badly or I was kind of the odd one out. And so my worth wasn't truly planted in the Lord until I dug in and I poured into what He says about me and why I was created. The student ministry um, in Rolling Hills have truly provided a community of mentors and then also just friends who share common ground with me to just be there through the ups and downs of high school and picking what the future holds. I serve at the Nashville campus um, with elementary school kids. I realize just how much my leaders who've been there since pre-K have really committed time and energy to corralling us and hopefully teach us a little bit about um, the Lord. The community that I've experienced has truly taught me my worth and truly finding the good friendships, the godly friendships, and not settling for ones that'll make you feel less than. High school and college are big times of temptation, so being surrounded by a godly community definitely makes a difference. Heading off to college is such a crazy thing to think about. Excitement and a little bit of nervousness, because everything, home, church, everything is kind of flipped. So. Being surrounded by the community and the youth ministry has definitely just made me more secure in who I am. I would say absolutely get involved. It feels lonely sometimes in middle school and high school, and I think being surrounded by people who truly care like our leaders, I think means the world. I mean, I just love that. I love seeing God work in people's lives, and I love Mia, just watching her grow up here and seeing her serve, and now going off to college. But man, having that spiritual foundation, guys, and it takes all of us. It takes all of us. Okay, look at this one. Look at this one. Community is a gift from God to you. Community is a gift, right? Community, it's a gift. Hey, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And each of you is a part of it. Each of you. Man, being a part of church blesses you and your family. I just look at my own life, right? I'm so thankful my parents sent me to church. 
I think about back in high school, if I hadn't been in, in the student ministry in my hometown and, and being surrounded by godly friends, I don't know the decisions I would have made. I mean, I'm just telling you, I, I could have had a whole different path, a whole different journey. And God used the church to save me in so many ways. I mean, it was Christ who redeemed me, restored me, but just protected me. In college, you know, being a part of a church, being a part of a body, being a part here. I love that my kids, they can't wait to come to church. They want to serve. They want to give back, you know. They worship one hour. They serve one hour. They, they're here. It just makes a difference in the blessings in your life to have people with you, surrounding you in the good times and even in the struggles. Hey, we need Jesus in this church. I don't know how people make it in life without Jesus. I mean, where's the hope? And this world's hard. It's difficult. Where, where's the hope? But I don't know how people make it without the church because life can be hard. I had lunch this week with a guy in our church and their newborn baby uh, was diagnosed with a very rare muscular disease. And he had tears in his eyes just talking about, man, it's my child. And he said, but I immediately reached out to my community group. He said, would you guys start to pray? And by God's grace, and just seeing miracle unfold, miracle unfold, and there's a, a new drug on the market that by God's grace, they were able to get and, and for his childhood. And now they're saying this, this child that maybe not have made it to 18 months, I could have a full life. And you're just thinking, and just to hear him talk about communities, like, man, people have surrounded us. People have been there for us and walked with us. And I'm like, yes, man, life can be hard. It can be challenging. Somebody said, we're either all in a crisis or we're coming out of a crisis or we're going into a crisis, right? We, we need community. And you don't wait until things are hard and then go try to find people. You, you get in it now. And you share life and you encourage one another and you bless one another and you're there for one another. And when things rejoice, you rejoice. When things are hard, you're there. And, and, and when things happen in your life, you need people around you. We all need it. But for us to have that, right, we must engage. In this culture that just likes to sit back and watch, there's a God who invites us to engage, to step out. And last Sunday after the service, a lady came down and she said, I've been coming to church for two months. She said, I haven't been in church in a while, but, but something prompted my heart and, and I just came here. And so I sat right back there. So my brother died from COVID up in the Northeast. And she said, my family's not very religious and I'm the only Christian in our family. And so it's been really hard. And I just showed up at church and I sat in the service and I sat back there and I cried the entire time, just cried. And after the service, somebody walked by and they stopped and they looked at me and they said, I just want to tell you, God sees you. She said, I looked up. And they said, God sees you. They said, it looks like you may have had a death in the family or something, but I just want you to know that there's a God who sees and a God who cares. And then they just kept walking. And she said, I haven't missed a service yet <laughs> for two months because God speaks and God speaks to his people and God is here and God is present. Hey, listen, I wanna tell you today, God sees you. I don't know what's going on in your life, but God sees and God cares. And God loves you with an everlasting love. And God invites you to grow deeper in your faith and stronger to engage because there's a God who loves you. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today, but I want to tell you it starts with a relationship with Jesus. And maybe today you just go, you know, I've been living this life on my own. I've been fighting my own battles. Jesus, I need you. 
Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Redeem me. Restore me. Maybe God's calling you to be baptized. Maybe you watch Molly and Brian take that step and you're going, that's me. That's me. I need to be obedient. I'm going to follow you. Maybe God's calling you to join the church. You've been kind of bouncing around, in and out, and you're just like, okay, today, that's it. I need to come to a partnership class. I need to join in. And maybe today, God's just calling you to grow deeper and stronger in your faith to engage. So Father, here we are, your disciples. We're your church. And God, use us for your glory. God, let us be real. Let us be authentic. Let us be men and women after your heart. God, meet us in this moment and change us forever. God, we need you. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. And thank you for your church. In your name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and stay up to date on what's happening in ways that you can connect. We're thankful for you.